Hey, 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 this is your host, Alicia, of the podcast formerly known as The Book of Alicia. So yes, 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 The Book of Alicia has changed its name to Momming, Wifing, and Queening Podcast. We are still going to talk about womanhood, motherhood, and wifeyhood, and everything in between, but I'm just so happy to take on this new journey with you while I empower women to not get lost in whatever roles they are assigned, but to queen them, okay? I may not know everything, but I know some things, so we're going to talk about some things, okay? But before we dive in today, I want to make sure you are able to reach me on social media because guess what I have changed my social media handles as well so you can follow me on Instagram at the Alicia Shaw and that's at T-H-E-A-L-E-S-H-A-S-H-A-W and like my Facebook page the Alicia Shaw you can also follow my blog at www.aliciashavon.com that's www.aleshashevon.com where you're able to get a glimpse of my life and thoughts as well as purchase things like books and shirts I have available on my site. So all y'all ready? Let's get it in. Okay, you guys, so my guest today is C. Beauville. Now, I know him as Bo, but he goes by C. Beauville on Instagram. So he is a motivational speaker, creator of the Bible Study Crew, hosted every Wednesday via Zoom. He's also a member of Youth for Christ, where he speaks to middle and high schoolers. He considers himself a vessel of love for the Lord and for people. Now, I thought he would be awesome to be on the podcast today because, of course, momming, wife, and cleaning is all about motherhood, wifeyhood, and everything in between. And it's mostly about women empowerment where women come on and share their stories. But I thought it would be amazing to have a male perspective on love and life and relationships, especially a man that's after God's own heart. So sit back and relax, y'all, as we get into this conversation. Kingan. Let's get it in. Okay, it's Alicia from the Mommy, Wifing, and Queening podcast. And today I have a special guest because I'm normally talking to women who are wives and mothers or wives or mothers. And today I am actually talking to a male. So this is the first time I've ever had a male on a podcast, but I thought I had to have him because I saw him on Instagram under uh, uh, Brittany Broaddus Smith. If you guys don't know her, she is a Christian sexologist who um, has a lot of information on sexuality and Christianity. And he was on her Dear Black Woman's series. And I was intrigued because we don't always see a lot of clips of men talking um highly about women especially um black women and black men um and i think it's important that we always support one another and have positive voices out there so i asked him to be a part of the podcast so we can just sit and chat about spirituality about love about womanhood manhood all that all that good stuff so i'm gonna have him go ahead and introduce himself to you guys today and we're gonna start chatting so go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience uh good morning uh first and foremost my name is Beauville everybody calls me Bo um pretty cool common collective uh at this stage of my life I would consider myself a motivational speaker a voice for men a voice for women a voice for black people and um just trying to push God's message forward and always trying to find to find ways to help people understand the importance of having a relationship with God and how he is our foundation and how can we just intertwine better with including him in our life so thank you thank you thank you cool cool thank you for being on the podcast so y'all social media is crazy because we just find people and y'all know me if I feel like you're you're speaking some truth or you're, you're speaking like you got some sense I'm gonna reach out to you I'm gonna follow I'm gonna support so that's how this collaboration happened. Again, I saw him speaking on a series with um, Brittany Broaddus-Smith, and I thought that he would be awesome to also come on the, on the podcast. So I want to start off by asking you, how has spirituality shaped who you are as a man? Um, so as a man, I would say that spirituality has helped me with some of the choices that I've made and understanding how important it is to have God in my life and how I operate. You know, there was a point in time where, you know, I would say that I thought I was better than people. And 
because I believed in God. And I think God has a way of humbling us. And I'm not going to say a weird way, but when you start feeling yourself too much, God has a way of bringing you down for you to see everything. So you'll be at your highs, you'll be at your lows and God will break you down. God will bring you back to reality. And I think that's so spirituality and me as a man is me learning certain things to be better, like how to speak to my partner how to try to be a better parent or a co-parent or a better son or a better cousin. Um, because when it comes down to it, it's you always have to move in a place of love. So if I'm not moving in a place of love, then that's not godly. That's not what a kingdom man is. And I'm trying to be a kingdom man. I'm trying to be a man that, you know, like David said, a man after God's heart. I think that's how he said it. Um, yeah, and that's what I want to be. I want to be at a point in my life where, you know, I, I know God is working through me so much that there's just certain things I have no worries about. And as a man who is building that relationship with God, I'm having to learn how to trust him more. Um, I'm learning how to fight off not only temptation, but my fears. So when it's time for me to pray, instead of me running to Tom, Dick, and Harry to have a conversation with God. Um, spiritually trying to practice what I preach, you know, and and understanding that we are a light to the world. And so, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, God's always been in my life. Uh, church has always been in my life. But, you know, a lot of people don't practice what they preach. And I'm yeah. trying to learn how to practice what I preach. So hopefully- Has that been difficult? Has that been difficult um, for you? Yeah, it has been difficult. Um, it's been difficult because you're trying to, I think we're just unlearning a lot of things. We're unlearning things that we were taught. We're unlearning things that may have hurt us. Uh, we're unlearning church hurt. We're unlearning mm. so many things that it, it, it can be difficult. And, you know, in my walk, I don't care what nobody says. Uh, it's like a sifter. You know, when you're making cake, you have to sift the flour. So there's a lot of things that I'm trying to sift through. Like, hey, does this take me away from God? Does this get me closer to God? Um, social media doesn't make it any easier. But at the end of the day, it's like, what does God say? You know what I'm saying? And what have we normalized that shouldn't be normalized? And does that align with God or does that take you away from God? So yeah. it can be frustrating sometimes when yeah. you don't have, when you don't know which direction to go in. I think a lot of people have their own inter interpretation of what God says or what God wants us to do. And it can be a bit frustrating sometimes. So you're trying to find that right balance. The balance, yeah. And then for me, I kind of feel that way too. It's always wondering, am I am I talking to talk? And it's funny because I don't, people know, people that know me know that I am a woman of God, know that I'm a Christian. They know um, my belief systems. Um, so I always try to make sure that I'm I'm displaying displaying that. But it's not it's not an easy road because, like you say, there's so many things that we normalize in society that sometimes make you think something's right that really shouldn't be right because it's so normal and it's so it's just what we do so for me I always find myself just kind of I don't know if I should say analyze I don't know if that's the word I don't know if it's analyzer. Huh? I said overanalyzer yeah, like always, like I'm always conscious. There it is. I'm always finding myself like overly conscious of what I'm doing when a lot of times I could, I should just live. But I'm always like very uh, just careful about what I say, what I do, how I'm acting, because I don't want anyone else to be like, well, you claim to be such and such, but you over here doing, you know what I mean? So it can be difficult because I don't ever want anybody to not 
feel like they can't trust God or trust Christianity because of my actions, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like it's a lot of responsibility for us to um, display what true Christianity is and what love is because there's people who are looking at us and the moment that we do something that's a little off, it might kind of sway their view of, you know, what Christianity is. So I definitely think that it's, it's difficult. Um, what I want to ask you, what I want to talk about was, what is your idea of what love is? Man, what do you think that is? love, I think, so the human side of me is gonna say love is nice, love does whatever you want, love listens, mm. love mm. is perfect, love doesn't hurt. That's what I would think love is. Um, That's what we want it to be. But the spiritual side of me, it lets me know that love is patient, love is kind, um, does not easily boast. You know, those are, that's the foundation of 1 Corinthians, right? I believe 1 Corinthians 13. Yeah. Um, And when it talks about that and just understanding how important that is to your relationship makes a big difference. So when I say love is patient, that means that I'm not getting upset with you every 24 seconds that you piss me off. Um, love is kind. I still have to love you. Even when you piss me off, I still have to, I still have to be kind to you. You know, it says like, yeah, love does not envy. So if you're doing good, that means we're doing good. Mm-hmm. So there's yeah. no jealousy. Uh, love is not boastful. I'm not going to be bragging all crazy that no, I'm just going to be like, hey, babe, whatever you got, I got. We, we here together. It's not arrogant. I'm not going to think I'm better than you. We're, we're equal. Once we get married or once we are saying, hey, this is what love is supposed to be, then guess what? We are a team. Mm-hmm. And when we get married, we're one. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's not self-seeking. I'm not doing everything for my glory. I'm doing it for God's glory and I'm doing it to move our family closer to the kingdom. Um, Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. I always want to protect you in love. I don't ever want to embarrass you or to make you feel uncomfortable. I'm supposed to love you 24-7. Even when I don't know how to love, I got to love you. Or when I feel like, yo, this ain't it. Um, Love never ends. You know, when love keeps going, you have to keep finding different ways to just love. Like it, love could be a simple making making lunch for you or love could mm. be making sure that your finances are taken care of. Not to, not taking advantage of, but taking care of. Love is sacrifice. You know, I'm sacrificing to put the family ahead. Um, love is getting out of your own skin and, and doing things to make your partner happy, you know? And because truth be told, we're, we're not all gonna have the same interests. And go ahead. Oh no, go ahead, I'm listening. Oh, um, you know, and, and, and even with love, it's like, if I knew, and I know grief is hard, but if I know I loved you unconditional and I supported you, I was there with you, I rocked with you, God forbid if something happens to you, pass away. I know that I loved you and I gave you my all and I have nothing to worry about, you know? So love can be complex, but we make things harder than what it should be. Yeah, and I remember like I used to do, um, I used to be a counselor and I remember doing a group where that was something we talked about because a lot of the times or the people that I dealt with hadn't even, they were in just toxic relationships, um, didn't see what a healthy relationship looked like. And it stemmed from actually their feelings of themselves. And a lot of times they attract partners who mirrored them in some way, shape or form when they were broken when they were depressed, when they were just not their their high self. So a lot of times they will attract partners who who either feed off of that or either who are the same way. And I remember talking about, you know, what is love? What does that mean to them? And a lot of them couldn't even give the definition of what it was because they never saw it. And I remember 
always talking about the importance of loving yourself as well because we get into relationships not loving ourselves but expecting that person to love us so it's like I don't love me I don't know anything about myself I don't treat myself well I don't take care of myself well I don't say nice things to myself, but then I get into a relationship and I expect that person to give me something that I'm not even giving myself. And I remember um, always just looking at the importance of the same thing. Look at love as an action. The same thing that you would do to somebody that you love. I mean, sorry, the same thing that you would do for you if you love yourself. Like for me, I always say self-care is a big thing. If you're taking care of yourself, if you are even financed, if you're taking care of your finances, if you're making sure you give yourself time, if you're making sure that you are being um, giving yourself grace and being patient with yourself, a lot of times you're going to attract people that are going to do the same thing. They're going to do the same thing for themselves. They're going to do the same thing for you because that's what you are giving yourself. But if you're not doing that, and if you're not aware of that, you're going to attract somebody who's going to be just as lost, just as confused if just as mean to you as you are to them as you are to yourself so I always look at the importance of also knowing what love is but also knowing how to give that to yourself so that you're able to attract that because I definitely believe that you attract you attract who you are to a certain extent and I definitely think that you attract um if when people see you like glowing or people seeing um your energy your vibe they're gonna want. They're gonna want to do the same. And, and My personal opinion. And sometimes that's okay. You know, you are. We all have a light in us, and sometimes people are going to seek that light because they right. need that. Sometimes you're the only Bible that people have is you. So you know, you're a walking Bible. You know the things that you say, how you conduct yourself. People are gonna want that from you. I think what happens is you have to use discernment to actually ask yourself the question are you here to pray on me p-r-a-y or pray on me p-r-e-y two different things and once you're able to separate those two it makes life a lot more easier and sometimes you got to sift through some of the snakes in your garden you got to figure out like hey what are you really here for that's why you got to protect your peace and understand the boundaries that you set before yourself yeah. yeah. And that's funny because we tell women that a lot, like use your discernment, use your intuition, um, use your in- your instinct or whatever. Something's telling you something ain't right to go with it. But I've always wondered for a, a, from a male perspective, is that something that you all feel as well? Do you have like something that's telling you eh, that ain't this ain't quite right? I think I think I think we all have it. Um, yeah. You know, we're all God's children. And he has his hands on us. And I think we have to, I'm going to speak for me. Um, There's been relationships that I've gotten into. And off the back, I already knew it is probably ain't going to work. You know what I'm saying? And I chose to go Mm -hmm. forward with it. But really and truly, um, once you start doing the self-work, once you start doing more therapy, once you start surrounding yourself with kingdom men, not just men, but kingdom men, men who are going to hold you accountable, men who are going to tell you you're wilding when you're trying to cheat or men who's going to be like, Hey bro, that, that ain't it. You start looking at women differently, you know, because at this point you're not looking for a woman that is just about beauty. You want to look for a woman that has brains. You want to look for a woman that, understands the importance of who God is, have similar values, um, is able to tell you, I love you, uh, even when she's pissed at you. You know what I'm saying? Those are things that you you might have not paid attention to when you're younger, that you start paying attention to when you're older, you know, and you start acting upon it. Like, there's a lot of girls I knew I shouldn't have dated, or I shouldn't even have opened the door for them. Mm, and yeah. now uh even being in a relationship now like i'm not there's a lot of like if god forbid if me and my partner were to separate yo I, it would take a lot to impress me 
because I need something that's more than just face value. You have to have yeah. substance. I need to fall in love with your soul because yeah. if you have a crappy soul, then there ain't no need for us to talk. You know, mm-hmm. and I think at this point in my life, um, the walk that I'm in is kind of like, I just really, certain things don't entertain me anymore. Like, you know, seeing half naked chicks on social media, that don't, that don't impress me anymore. You know, I might be like, oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know you could do that. But other than that, mm-hmm. I'm not sitting there and watching those stuff for hours. Like, that's just a walk and that's just a season that I'm in. And that takes maturity. That takes growth. That takes understanding what kind of man God wants me to be, you know? So, but yeah, I do believe I have a certain level of discernment. Um, I'm fortunate I have a partner, you know, that can help me navigate through some of that stuff. And, you know, there's some of that, some of the stuff that, you know, just being quite frank, I'm still I'm not saying getting rid of getting out of my system, but I'm still learning. Like, hey, if you wouldn't like that done to you, don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. Like I'm literally yeah. having to teach myself how to be a better man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what is it that you think you are having to unlearn now that you're um, getting older? Unlearn what a man's supposed to be, who he's supposed to, what he's supposed to do, you know, how important it is for him to, you know, I thought it was always a woman I was supposed to pray in relationships. Mm-hmm. And now I'm having to unlearn that it's really the man that's supposed to be the kingdom man that's supposed to put his hands on his wife and his kids how important it is for the man to be the spiritual head of the household. You know, you may not be rich, but you better be yeah. the spiritual head of the household where you're leading the family. Like, hey, what does God want us to do in this in this situation? You know, uh, does he want me to go forward? Does he want me to be still? Um, so stuff like that, uh, certain, certain boundaries with women, you know, I used to think that certain things are okay. And now it's like, no, I'm good. I'll just stay away from it. You know, I'm still having to realize, hey, that's not even a joke. That person is being serious. Um, And even like, you know, it could be the littlest thing, like dancing. You know, I used Mm -hmm. to think, you know, I'm Caribbean, you know, so I used to think certain dance, certain dance moves or certain, you know, things that we did at parties, you know, in New York, you know, a dance we used to call it a dub, you know, you grinding on a girl, you know, twerking, you know, I used to think that that was appropriate, you know, that's the culture, that's the culture. Mm-hmm. Now, the older man, I don't want my woman grinding on no, gyrating on no man, and I wouldn't, and I know my, my woman wouldn't want me to, you know, letting some female gyrate on me, you know, it was just different strokes, different folks, but to protect my peace, protect my sanity, um, I'd rather just stay away from it. You know what I'm saying? Like I'll do a, I might do a two-step with you or something, but I'm not going out my way to, 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 to dance on a girl. I'm just saying at 30, mm-hmm. at 35 years old, I ain't doing that no more. Like, come on, son. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because a lot, like you were saying earlier, a lot of that stuff has been seen like so normal. Like that's what everybody's doing that it really does take maturity to be like, wait a minute. Like, I don't, that's not cool for me no more. Yeah. It's, and and like I said, you have to know your values, what you can and what you can't tolerate. You know, what I, what Mm -hmm. I eat don't, ain't going to make you poop. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, dancing, like twerking on somebody, you know, that's nothing. It's just dancing. You know, I could, as a man, I could easily say, well, me texting another female, that's just flirting. It's not physical. You know, it's just mm-hmm. mental. I'm still with you. The mm. the fact that my partner felt violated or can yeah. potentially feel violated becomes yeah. an issue. That has nothing to do with insecurities. That has all to do with just a respect thing. You know, yeah. some of us have it. Some of us don't. Some of us are learning how to have it. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's funny. I had this conversation with my husband a while ago because I met him in high school. Well, we were friends in high school, but we didn't start dating until my college years. But one of our friends uh, that we was all cool in high school um, 
stop texting him or this was like years ago or whatever and she's a she's a woman well she was female we were young girls at the time and she said she had to stop texting him because her I don't know if she was married at the time or her boyfriend um at the time wasn't comfortable with them having conversation and it bothered my husband for the longest time because he was like we were friends since high school like I don't understand how she can just cut me off and you know as if I was trying to get with her or whatever the case may be. But I said, you have to understand if you're in a relationship with somebody and their partner is not comfortable with them testing, texting someone of the opposite sex, she has to respect that because you don't know what she got to go to. You don't know what she has to listen to. If you if she still continues to text you, even though it's friendly conversation, text you after he clearly stated that he's uncomfortable with it she's trying to have peace in her relationship because he's not comfortable. So it's just a matter of respect. I said, and she's not trying to dish you as her friend. She's not trying to say you're a bad person. She's not trying to put you out there in a negative light. She's just saying my partner is not comfortable with this. So I'll just, I'm not saying she said, I say, at least she told you why, instead of just being like, you know, I'm just going to stop talking to this person. Yeah, it's an adjustment. You know, when you have to... You have to understand that's why it's important for you to have certain conversations with your partner. And for me, um, I have to say to myself, what friend am I willing to fight for and what friend am I willing to let go? You know, does this person mean that much to me? Like off top of my head, um, two people I could think of is my best friend Naomi and my best friend Daphne, two females. I've known Daphne since I was in junior high school. So that's 20 plus years of friendship. Mm. I've known Naomi since um, 2017. I ain't good at math, but I'm going to say that's over 16 plus years of friendship. Mm-hmm. I let my partner know those two ain't going nowhere you know, and I value them as women and I value them as friends. And there was Mm -hmm. none of that funny business that ever went down for you, Mm -hmm. for even uh, a seed of insecurity be placed in your mind. Those friendships mean that much. So when you get into a relationship, the friendships that mean the most to you, that hold the most water, that you consider these people like family, it's kind of like saying, hey, that's off limit. Yeah. Because yeah. when you when you go to college, and some people do, some people don't, but if you've ever been in a college environment, sometimes your friends become your family. Family. Yeah. And the only reason that some people are family is just because of blood. But those yeah. friends, those are the ones that will uplift you, provide you financial. So if you mean that much to me, and I know there was no funny business going on. I'm going to stand on my mm-hmm. word. And I just pray and I hope that you understand our friendship. But, you know, yeah. also know there's boundaries. Hey, you can't call me this. And if your friend loves you enough, they ain't going to make your partner feel like uncomfortable. Right. So, right. But I, I, I understand. I see, I see both sides. But for the most part, the friends that mean yeah. the world to you, you can't let them go. Yeah. Yeah. You good? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Okay. Okay. So another question for you. What advice would you give to men ready to settle down? I mean, you're kind of giving it right now, kind of like setting boundaries and stuff, but for a person who's like, man, I think I'm ready to settle down with this person. What advice would you give them? Um, What advice I'd give? I'd say do therapy. Um, understanding that childhood trauma. Um, trying to understand who you are better. What triggers you? You know what I'm saying? What pisses you off? What what hurts you? What excites you? Like, understand who you are. And I'm not saying you can't get into a relationship uh, without doing therapy. It's just sometimes the battle is just harder to fight. Because you are trying to, you're trying to become one with somebody. And you have to fight demons she has to deal with your demons that you have never addressed. And yeah. not everybody is prepared for it. Yeah. So that person might love you, but they may not be equipped to handle 
your abandonment issues. Where they might be Ooh. like, yo, pardon me. Where they might be like, yo, I, I want to go party. And you're like, but I want you to stay home with me. Hey, bro, like, I want to spend time with my girls. But you so selfish or you so caught up in spending 24-7 or you having some mommy issues or, or having all of these things that that person may not know. So I think therapy, and at least if you're not, if you're not going to do therapy, at least have a better understanding of who you are what makes you happy, what makes you sad, you know, mm-hmm. understand like what, what, what triggers you, what makes you, what makes you be the man who you are? What is your why? Um, because when you get into a relationship, you are going to go through some challenges. You know, I, I, I would also say, watch, pay, get some friends or get in the circle of people who are married, who are kingdom yeah. men, you know, yeah. because there's a reason why, you know, people can say there's so many things, there's a lot of negative stuff said about the church and there's a lot of positive things that are said about the church. So we're going to focus on the positive. A lot of times men or people don't go to churches Sometimes you don't want to be held accountable. Mm-hmm. So find people in your circle that will hold you accountable, that when you're about to cheat on your girl, your man is like, yo, you're wildin', that's a good woman. Find friends that are going to tell you, hey, this is how we can make more money so you can work less hours so that you can have more more time with your family. You know what I'm saying? Uh, (laughs) Another thing I would say is uh, stop chasing the dragon. And that's an analogy I got from this book called from David Goggins. And he said, a lot of us are chasing this imaginary dragon, thinking that we always have to get to that next level. And I'm not saying you can't have ambition, but sometimes our ambition can cloud our judgment. But Mm -hmm. we're so ambitious that we're focusing so much time on our dreams that we're not focusing on our family. We focus in so much on how much money we want to get that we're not realizing that our son needs us or our daughter needs us or our kids want that attention. So, you know, stop paying attention to the man that you want to be and the man that you wish your father would have been for you so that you can be the man that, you know, God wants you to be. What kind of man does God want you to be? Um, And I think my last, because there's so much, um, but I think my last one I would say is, um, I just left my Bible downstairs, but it's, I believe it's Ephesians 5, verse 21 through 34, I believe. And that basically talks about husbands loving their wives and not only husbands loving their wives, but how a husband is supposed to conduct himself. It changes your views because a, a woman can only be submissive to a man if a man is submissive to God. Yeah. And once yep. a man understands the importance of being submissive to God, then that changes the whole perspective of things. And I'll give you a perfect example. Yeah. Uh, I normally pray with my partner, right? But mm-hmm. I think the other day, instead of praying first, I led into an argument, right? I didn't lead into an argument, but the conversation led into an argument, right? I probably should have prayed first. And mm-hmm. maybe read the room a little bit better and then have yeah. a conversation. But no, I didn't lead with God first. I led with what was bothering me. But yeah. what I should have done is I should have hollered at God. I should have prayed for us and I should have prayed. And then whoop de whoop. So I think understanding what it means to be a kingdom man is important. Because once you know what a kingdom man is supposed to be and what he's supposed to do, it makes you understand the world in a different perspective yeah and the sad thing about it though is a lot of people don't know that a lot of men don't know that or realize that because i don't know if it's not being taught or um oh i don't know i know what i see and this is just from a female's perspective I see a lot of when I go to church is majority of women in there is majority of women. And 
there's so much negativity, I guess. There's so much negativity about the church that I, I, from what I've seen, a lot of men stray away because they feel like, well, why am I going to be in there? You got the pastor out here doing such and such, such and such, but yeah, he teaching y'all, da, 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 da. So I think it's sometimes difficult or hard for um, a lot of single women to either find, to find those kingdom men because of um, sometimes there's not always positive examples out there. So I think that's why I definitely wanted to hear your perspective and, and let you say what that means and what that looks like, because a lot of people don't see that often or don't hear that often. And it can be unfortunate. It can be unfortunate just because of and, what the, what has been displayed. And the thing is, it's, a lot of us are out there, you know. Yeah. But it takes, sometimes it takes a special woman to get that out of you. True, um, true. But it's also understanding, and I'm not trying to make excuses for Black men, but mm -hmm. there was a lot of trauma and there's a lot of hurt that a lot of us yeah. have dealt with that we have never been able to cope with. Yeah. See, or given the two, freedom to cope with it. Yeah, so we have two fathers, right? We have yeah. a earthly father and we have a heavenly father. Yeah. A lot of us have been hurt so much by our earthly father that we don't even want to talk to our heavenly father. Yeah. And so for women, it might be different because they had a mother who was able, so I think I heard somebody say, God is a man with a woman's heart. Mm. So some women are able to receive that love from their mom. They're able to be held accountable. They're able to be shown what it means to be nurtured compared to uh, a father who was supposed to be an earthly father. He has to teach you, I can hold you, I can discipline you but still love you at the same time. Same time. Yeah. So that's why a lot of us are, a lot of men are unable to be held accountable because we don't have those fathers that were able to say, hey, I'm going to discipline you, but still love you. You know, my partner has a daughter. Last night, she got upset because I told her no. Mm -hmm. She tried to walk out on me. And I mm -hmm. say, hey, come back here. Give me a kiss and give me a hug. Mm -hmm. I still love you. Just because I told you no doesn't mean I don't love you. Yeah. Just imagine a man can say that to a daughter. Just imagine how impactful that would have been for a young man to yeah. hear that from a man at a young age. And a lot of us don't hear that. So a lot of us, mm -hmm. a lot of us are lost sheep, man. And we don't mm -hmm. have, we don't have enough men that are speaking about the things that God wants us to do or how a man should be. So for me, I know I feel like I'm going on a tangent, but for me, like pay attention. You see more, the men that are promoting God are talking about God. They're not, the algorithm is not being pushed to a higher level. Yeah. You know, I've been doing the social media thing for maybe three years consecutive now mm -hmm. and I still haven't gotten to that next level you know why because my message is more about love it's more about God it's more about making a difference it's more about what God wants us to do I'm not being pushed I'm not an ugly dude you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. I'm saying the right things I'm carrying myself the right way but that's not the message that the world wants to have put out there yeah so. yeah, yeah. I get it. I definitely agree. And especially coming from, you know, a black male, I think it's harder for it's it's harder for the world to see you how you really are. And what I when I what I mean by saying how you really are, I love black men. I think they are some of the greatest creations. And I think that because the world wants to portray y'all in a negative light, when there are when there are so many of you guys doing things in a positive light. Of course, it's not going to be it's not going to be displayed um, how it should be, because that's not status quo. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I don't know if you wanted to 
say some last words before I let you go. I feel like I'm holding you up. Oh, no, no. <laughs> well, you're good. You're good. Okay. You're good. I'm, I'm just, I can multitask. So I'm, I'm good. Okay. If you got more questions, go ahead, shoot them. No, I'm just going to say what, um, what would you say to a woman who's like, you know, I'm with this, I'm with this male, um, we've been dating. How do I know if I'm, if he's the one, how do I know that he loves me basically? Cause I think a lot of women, um, from what I hear always question, does this person really love me? Um, you know, am I really for the, is this person really the one? So what would you tell, how would a woman know that, that answer? I, I can answer that in so many ways. Oh, okay. Today's society, you can't put nothing past nobody. And that's just not, and that's just being realistic. But for the for the person that is hopeful, um, you gotta pay attention to, to actions and not just words. Yeah. And that's how you know if a man really loves you. If he says, Hey babes, I'm gonna get this taken care of. Hey, he gets it taken care of. If he says, hey, look, I'm dealing with this issue right now. Um, this is where I'm at. I'm letting you know. Uh, I'm letting you know where I'm at. I'm communicating with you. I'm communicating with you because I love you enough and I don't want you to think that I don't care about you. Yes. So yes. I'm letting you know where I stand. Um, communication is so important and, and just living by your actions and, and walking the walk and talking the talk. And then, like I said in the podcast earlier, you got to pay attention to his actions, pay attention yeah. to his words, pay attention to how he treats you, pay attention to how he treats his mother, pay attention to how he treats his family. But for you to really know, you have to understand him. Once you understand him, you'll understand why he moves some of the ways he moves, right? If you understand why he doesn't post you on social media you know that he doesn't really care to post his social his personal life on social media right yeah. but he yeah. still treats you like a queen he still respects you he still loves you all his family all of his friends know who you are mm. so if you understand mm. him you think you really going to question if he posts you on social media you know what yeah. i'm saying not saying that you know, I know there's some people that be doing funny business, but if you really know him, right, you'll understand. Like, all right, cool. That makes sense, right? For me, I'll, I'll post my partner up there once or twice, but it's kind of like, that's really not my message. Like, my message on social media is, you know, yeah. talking about God. Like, am I, I'm just don't, like, I don't, my personal life, I don't put that on social media as much as I did in the past. And I don't think it's that important. But like I said, if you understand your partner, you understand who they are, where they're going, what they're doing, then certain things you're not getting upset. So pay attention to his actions, his words, know him, know the man that he is and know the man that he is becoming. That makes a complete difference in understanding if this person is for you. Because men lie, women lie, but numbers and actions don't. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. I That's appreciate you, you being, huh? That's all you got? No, I mean, I didn't know if you wanted to go for, further on. I mean, I can, I can talk, I can keep, I can keep this conversation, uh, going. But I, I be, I feel bad when I feel like I'm holding somebody up. But oh, um, um, hold on, because I did have another question. I'm trying to pull it up. What oh I do have this question. What did you grow up? Um did you grow up in the church or did you grow up? Is this something that that's been instilled in you? Tell me about your spiritual journey. Um, so yeah, did I grow up in the church? I would say I did, you know, being of Haitian descent, um, you know, a lot of Caribbean countries, you know, when they were colonized, you know, Catholicism was forced down their throat. Um, mm -hmm. so that's where a lot, you know, a lot of people pick that up. You know, I'm Catholic. I grew up Catholic. Um, so I went to church on Sundays. I did communion. I did uh, my baptism. I did confirmation, reconciliation. And, you know, I went to church every Sunday. You know, that's what was taught. Um, then when I went to college, I still went to church. 
I found a way to go to, but you know, when you get to college, it's kind of like, I realized I was just going to church to just go to church, to say, I went to church, to say, ha ha, I'm better than you. You know, ha ha, I'm better than you. Um, Mm. But as time went on, and when life wasn't sunshines and lollipops anymore, I really had to rebuild my foundation and really understand who God is and what he meant to me. So it took time for me to really, like I always knew God. I knew, I knew of God, I didn't know God. Yeah. So as I got older in my walk, I started to know him. You know what I'm saying? I started to understand how important it was to have prayer or how important it was to have conversations with him, you know? And that's how my spiritual world, like I, so I think it's important for, I think it's important for people to have their kids involved in church or understand the importance of God. If you're not going to church, at least find a way that you're feeding your child's spirit so that they can have that foundation. So if they ever stray away, they can always go back to what they learned and what they were taught. You know what I'm saying? If, if, if I lost my job today, one thing I know how to do is pray. You know what I'm saying? That's one thing I know how to do. You know, I might not be in my career, but I know how to pray. I could, I could pray. I I could, you give me an object and I pray, you know, you give me some headphones and I'll give you a message. You give me a hoodie. I'll give you a message. I I know how to pray. You give me a cup. You know what I'm saying, but that's because I understood, and I've I understood, and I and I've learned how important God is to my structure, to my growth, and to my purpose. You know, you can't force people to, you can't force people to love God. They have to see it and they have to experience it themselves. So I can yes. say good morning three times every day, but my message won't hit you unless you've been there. And you understand how God took you out that situation. Yeah. Yeah, definitely agree. I know for me, like I grew up in the church from the moment from nine months before I came out because my mom was in church. I was in church. Everybody was in the church. And I've always um, know of God, knew of God. I've always been a follower of God, but it wasn't until I got older and experienced some things and really understood what it meant to have a relationship. And like you say and pray like you know you taught those things in church you go in there you sit you listen to the sermons you listen to go to bible study or whatever and you might get for me i got bits and pieces here and there like the main messages like you know um you know i'm trying to think of something that they always i mean just the main messages i might i might know about but Mm -hmm. i didn't really fully understand who he was because i wasn't i felt like i wasn't taught to build a relationship with god i was just taught to know who he was but i didn't know i was never taught to go to him for myself and how to go to him for myself until I was grown with kids and a husband and, you know, life was life. And so um, I definitely think that I appreciate my upbringing and being trained up in the church because it did give me something to fall back on. So that now when I have my daughter, I have two daughters, 10 and five, I make sure they know the Lord, they know, you know, church. I mean, we ain't been, unfortunately, since the pandemic it cut off our, our whole routine so we haven't been like how we used to go but I definitely wanted to instill that in them at a young age because I know it's important for them to always have something to to fall back on and just to be able to know that you know God is real and I want them to understand that they can have a relationship with him and they can know they can have um I guess my experiences which was when I was down when I was stressed that's what got me out of it. So I was just curious of what, how your journey was, because I know a lot of people um, didn't grow up like how I did. So they didn't, you know, but I, yeah, I was in, I was in, I'm just like you, I was in the church. I was in it from in the choir and uh, what else I did? Well, probably mainly the choir. I was in, in the children's church, everything. So mm-hmm. I didn't really fully understand Um. I ain't gonna say understand, but I fully didn't grow into God until I got older and I experienced some stuff in my life. So, but anyways, I'm go- I'm done with my questions. I don't know if you want to leave us with something before I let you go. Um, like I said, I was talking about pray. 
So uh, I'll, I'll pray for you and I'll pray for your listeners. Um, so let's go. Uh, Father God, as we come to you this afternoon, we just ask for continued blessings, continued love, continued compassion, understanding. We ask that you increase our discernment. We ask that you allow us to see the vision that you have for us. We ask that you open our ears so that we can hear your voice. We ask that you open our hearts so that we can receive your love. We ask that you open our minds so that we can be filled with positivity and that you detox us from all the negativity. Strengthen our shoulders so that we can carry the burdens that makes life heavy at times, but we understand and we know the God that we serve. Protect our thoughts, protect our words and continue to uplift our spirits, continue to hear our cries. Father God, help us find the words when we need you, when we want you, when we just are calling for you. Father God, help us use our words so that we can express to you what we need and what we want. And that we know that you will never leave us, you will never forsake us. You will always keep us grounded. Continue to just wrap your arms around us and remind us that we are loved and we are protected. Father God, we need you. Father God, we praise you. And what more can we say? But thank you and amen. Amen. I appreciate it. I'm so thankful for Bo ending us out in prayer. And I also want to give you his information so that you can follow him on Instagram and Facebook. So on Instagram, he is city0612. It's C-I-D-D-Y-0612 on Instagram. And on Facebook, it's Francois Bo, F-R-A-N-C-O-I-S-B-E-A-U. So yes, go ahead and follow him. He is a motivational speaker. He is a man of God and he's always have an encouraging and powerful word. So I'm done y'all. We out. So that concludes today's episode of Momming, Wifing, and Queening. Remember, you can follow me on Instagram at The Alicia Shaw, as well as like my Facebook page, The Alicia Shaw. And don't forget to check out my blog at www.aliciashavon.com. That's www.aleshashevon.com, where you're able to get a glimpse of my life and thoughts, as well as purchase books. I've co-authors and shirts I have available as well. I pray that you enjoyed today's episode. Until next time, y'all, I'm out. Thank you.